0: Passion and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Finebaum Show, our one podcast.
1: This
2: might be college football heaven.
1: As uh, we continue here, the second hour of what has been a pretty eventful uh, program already. It's been a couple of weeks since we had a chance to talk to Michael Bratton from that sec podcast michael first of all happy new year great to talk to you and uh, i haven't heard from you in a while so i hope you're doing okay
3: yeah doing great paul appreciate uh, you having me on as always and a lot's changed here in just the last week yeah, or so uh that decaying
1: dynasty uh, has decided to move on uh, and uh new coaching town just your thoughts on really the last couple of weeks at alabama in particular
3: Right, and I know I've been leading the bandwagon, like you said, to the decaying dynasty and all that, but uh, really caught me off guard that Nick Saban retired when he did, the fashion that he did. No shame in losing in overtime in the last play in the Rose Bowl to the eventual national champions, but given everything Alabama's got coming back, I thought he would have given it at least one more season because I – Probably would have projected Alabama as the favorite to win it all next season. So fascinating, just how that all went down. And um, you know, I like to joke on my show recently that if you were an Alabama fan that went off the grid for a couple of days, man, you came back to Katelyn uh, DeBoer's, your coach, within 48 hours. Just it, it just seemed like it all happened so fast that uh, it, it's still kind. Of, I'm still a little numb to it. Well, let's go. I mean, Saban, we know uh, we don't need to d- dig too deep
1: into him. He's a retired ex-coach about to go into TV. Uh, but what about Kalen
3: DeBoer? What are your thoughts on him? I mean, I thought uh, this was as good as Alabama could possibly do, given the circumstances. And I know people made it out that, you know, five, six coaches would have you turned them down. i I don't believe that, Paul. In a 48-hour window, they're able to turn around and and hire Kalen DeBoer. I think uh, the the sky's the limit, and I think with DeBoer's coaching, with the team he's inheriting, I know they've lost a couple pieces since Nick Saban retired, but I would put Alabama – and Georgia, I mean, as, as heavy favorites to win the national championship with this combination of coaching and talent. And if you're selling stock on Alabama right now, I, I'm telling everybody to buy it right now. I, th- I think Alabama is a team to watch next year, which shouldn't be a surprise. But, th- but this is this is not going anywhere. Alabama is going to be incredible next year. Well,
1: let's talk a little bit more about uh, the SEC, because uh, I know we get accused of being a little bit Alabama centric, but that's understandable under under the circumstances. But what about Georgia? I mean, it, it, only Georgia could uh, lose one game in a couple of years, and it just seems like the season was a disaster.
3: Right. Well, thankfully for uh, Kirby, he do not have to go through saving anymore, right? So uh, it, it, speaking of that game, that will be the first SEC game for both of those teams. How about this stat, Paul? I believe Mike Griffith, you know, he just referenced it. Uh, but Alabama currently an underdog in that game. DeBoer's first SEC game, an underdog. Yet Nick Saban, in his last 208 games at Alabama, he's only an underdog five times. So maybe this is a new world we're getting into under Kalen DeBoer. But uh, Georgia, like I said, it'll be Georgia and Alabama again. Heavy favorites to win not only the SEC, but the national championship. Georgia's not going anywhere either. But that's the beauty of the new system, Paul. I mean, that game. normally that'd be an elimination game potentially for Georgia or Alabama it's not next year so it's still going to be a fascinating game but it's going to tell us a lot about Kalen DeBoer and how quickly he can get Alabama going.
1: The aforementioned Griff talked about Texas being the team to watch out for you hear a lot about Texas it seems like Ole Miss is now is this year's LSU from last year uh, the fashionable pick Uh, what do you make out of those two?
3: Yeah, I mean, Texas did what always, Texas always does, right? They disappoint when the moment's the brightest, losing two. The uh, aforementioned Caleb Board in, in the playoff, heavy favorites in that game. I should mention. So, I, I don't think Texas is going to come into this league and dominate it like they think they are. I think they're in for a rude awakening. That's not to say they're, they're going to be awful or anything, but I don't even know if they'll make the playoff next year, just given the week in week out grind that they have in the SEC. Uh, but I, I am buying Ole Miss, Paul. I mean, I went from Ole Miss should be a playoff contender to Ole Miss should be a national championship contender next season under Lane Kiffin. And if he does, if he's Lane Whiffin, again, like I like to call him, they can't win any big games next year. They only have about three on the schedule. If they win just one of them, they're probably getting in at 10 and two. And they should compete for a national championship. If, if they don't, if they don't make the playoff, I, I think Kiffin's gonna ha- face some very tough questions in Oxford. Well, well, we'll get to some others who may be facing tough questions in a minute. Uh...
1: Brian Kelly won the bowl game barely, uh, survived the season. It it was up and down, but they they won 10 games, which was certainly uh, good. Uh, Tennessee, it just seemed like underperformed. What about those
3: two? Uh, Yeah, again, I mean, two programs here that probably benefit the most, perhaps, from Nick Saban retiring. We don't have to go through... uh, you know, the, just a the nightmare that that is Nick Saban and his dominance there in Tuscaloosa. I, I think LSU certainly had a crossroads under Brian Kelly year three. This was a, a year they've been point to for a while. And I didn't have much confidence in him, Paul, to to next season, given everything they're losing on offense, that they could take a jump. But that was before. They hired Blake Baker, defensive coordinator from Missouri, Bo Davis, defensive line coach from Texas, arguably the best defensive line coach in the country, and and now Peoples, the defensive line coach from Missouri they've even hired. So complete 180, I would anticipate, from LSU's defense. These are the moves you had to to make. And credit Brian Kelly for – he won 20 games, ball in his first two years, yet he's blown up his defensive staff, as he should have. I think a lot of coaches would have – thought you know what I'm doing is working I don't have to listen to anybody but credit Brian Kelly for making the moves that had to be made and Tennessee I mean you know me Paul I'm always high on Tennessee I I loved what I saw from Nico in the bowl game I think if they can get an upgrade at the quarterback position which I I think they will have next year and all they've got coming back on both lines of scrimmage I think Tennessee should be a playoff contender next season too that's a lot of playoff
1: contenders. We have not mentioned Missouri, which uh, was very uh, strong at the end of the season. Where are you on them?
3: Yeah, I, I hate to keep bringing up the same point, Paul, but I mean, I think the if you look at Missouri's schedule, I thought the toughest one, I believe it's at Alabama. Not to say that's not a difficult game anymore, but without Nick Saban, we just don't know. They'll still be underdogs at that game, but uh, Missouri's schedule lines up very favorably to another 10-win season, possibly... As wild as it sounds paul maybe even 11 wins given this slate that they have uh expectations should be sky high losing the defensive coordinator blake baker that's a tough blow we'll see who they hire on the defense Uh, he he did a wonderful job his two years there in columbia but this is another borderline playoff team and i I think you've already alluded to it paul i mean i think it's playoff or, or bust for a lot of teams across the SEC and I think that's just the way it's going to be in the 12 team format which means we're going to get a lot of upset fans that uh that, that their team belongs in the in the field when they don't make it.
1: Michael Braddon with us a little bit of breaking news happening as we speak Ohio State has officially named Ross Bjork as its next athletic director. He was at Texas A&M formerly at Ole Miss. Uh, he was at Ole Miss during the Hugh Freeze debacle. He was uh at A&M where he gave Jimbo Fisher that big extension. Uh, I'll move move on to a couple of other programs here before we go, Michael. I want to get your take on Arkansas, first of all. That's a program that made a lot of news in the offseason with Bobby Petrino, but it doesn't scrape away the disaster of a season that uh, Sam Pittman put on the board.
3: Right. You're not going to hear me mention a playoff with the Razorbacks right now, but I w- would say just quickly on A&M, you got rid of Jimbo. You got rid of Ross Bjork. Uh, it's a great day to be an Aggie, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, Sam Pittman and company, mm, I mean, two seasons of disappointment in a row. I've never in my life, Paul, seen a, a coach made a coordinator change like Bobby Petrino and seemingly win back the vast majority of the fan base. Bobby Petrino is just simply beloved there in Fayetteville. So hopefully that's, uh, you know, cause for for joy and maybe a a season of turnaround where they can exceed expectations, which would be the first time since uh, their nine-win campaign three seasons ago. I just, right now, I I just don't have a lot of faith in Arkansas, unfortunately.
1: Uh, Hugh Freeze did a great job of winning the press conference a year ago. He he won the (laughs) offseason. He's even uh, done very well in recruiting. But if you go back... To what his last three games, losing to uh, New Mexico State, blowing the Alabama game—we all know about that—and just I don't know if you can tank a, a, a bowl game any more than he did against Maryland, uh, and then and then say afterwards, well. Yeah, you know, I really didn't spend much time on the game. I was too busy recruiting it. And, and then I, I really still not sure what's happening in the offseason. Two of his top assistants gone. No explanation why. Uh, and I'll, I'll I'll defer to you for the rest of the conversation here. What about it?
3: Yeah, leave it to Auburn, Paul. I mean, Alabama... Greatest coach of all time retires, yet it's Auburn that's in dismay, that's in turmoil, and that's just pathetic. I mean, they should be, that That should be a sign of joy that they were rolling tumors quarter. It should have been, uh, you know, the offseason of hype on the Plains, but here we are, Hugh Freeze, season play, calling duties once again. Defensive coordinator, like you said, took a demotion to go work for a dead man walk in Billy Napier down there in Gainesville uh, th- this is just awful and and I don't I'm trying to figure out what is you know, why is Hugh Freeze getting all this hype? All he is is Gus Malzahn with baggage. He's never won anything big. He's got a losing career SEC record. There's, that's, there's no vacated games in that mention. Yes, he's beat Nick Saban twice. He's also lost to Vanderbilt twice, lost to New Mexico State, and not only lost, but lost in a just a horrific fashion. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out why anyone it would be excited on the planes right now.
1: Well, Michael, you've left me no choice but to ask you about Billy Napier. uh, I mean, whatever I said about Hugh Freeze, you can quadruple it for
3: Billy Napier. What's going on down there? Right. You know, Lane Kiffin, if he has a big year at, in Oxford, who knows? He may be in Gainesville uh, this time next year because, uh, you know, Jed Fish, the Arizona coach, took the Washington job. A lot of Florida fans were upset. Why are they upset? Because Jed Fish, G8 at Florida, that's who they wanted as their next coach. It's not to say they won't get him, but uh, that's just the current state of the Florida Gators right now, Paul. And I, I, I even looked at the numbers, next season's opponents, I looked at every team that, that every SEC team is facing and their combined records from 2023, and Florida's is astronomically higher than any team in the SEC. Toughest slate, we already kind of knew that, but l- just looking at the numbers, I mean, it, this seems like it's going to be a train wreck waiting to happen. They do got a good quarterback, though, and an outstanding five-star freshman, so there, there is some hope in Gainesville, but uh, losing players in the portal to key rivals, I mean, I, I would be stunned if Florida makes a bowl game next year
1: yeah and, and that's really the hard part uh to figure out is really what, what what's a number uh this year we were talking a winning record uh would maybe do it well let me let me read you this comment here you've I'm, I know you've seen this Scott Strickland who hired uh Dan Mullen uh at at Gainesville and of course he hired Billy Napier most people uh thought maybe LSU should have hired Napier nobody thinks that anymore <laughs> Uh, In an interview the other day, Strickland said uh, about Billy Napier, I don't care, it doesn't matter. It's it's a made-up term talking about, is Billy Napier on the hot seat? He said, that has nothing to do, or it has nothing to do with reality. I realize he's the man, he's the pitcher of record. I'm not sure what else he could say.
3: Right, because if he says Bailey Napier is a disaster, then that means he's a disaster and he's probably gone too, Paul. So uh, I think he has to back his man. They've, they've kind of painted themselves into a corner, but uh, for, for, and, and I don't necessarily blame Scott Strickland for this, Paul, but Florida has always had a historically uh, awful non-conference slate outside of the, uh, obviously, the Florida State game, but they have unfortunately ramped that up at the wrong time. The, the worst I've seen Florida in, in decades, yet the non-conference is, is more brutal than than it's ever been, now getting into uh, obviously a much more difficult SEC. I mean, if they win five games, we may have to give Billy Napier coach of the year as he's getting fired.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Michael Bratton, we have not seen him in a long time. I missed that. What a a reunion. It feels so good. Hey, Michael, thank you very much. Great to see you. Uh, We'll see you soon. Michael Bratton joining us from that SEC podcast we need a break after uh, our last two guests your phone calls
4: next is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction well with Hims, now you can get treated for ed without stepping foot outside your door they're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch Hims provides access to doctor trusted ed treatment options such as chewable hard mints brand-name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at himscom paul. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. Hims dot com slash Paul. Hard are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a health provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple.
0: You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast.
1: Charles is up next in Alabama. Hello, Charles. Hey, Paul. How are you doing today? We're doing great. Thank you.
5: Good to hear from you. Look, you know, just real quick, big Alabama fan here. Sorry to keep, you know, being a dead horse. But uh, Mike Griffith got on and said that, you know, Jim Harbaugh kind of pushed Saban out. Interesting point. I was wondering if you think it was more of saving, you know, being old up there at seventy-two, kind of losing energy, or if it was the current state of college football, or somewhere right there in the middle.
1: Charles, I don't think that game had anything to do with it. Uh, to me, when when Alabama beat Georgia, that made Nick Saban's departure easier for him. He had—it's uh, not personal because uh, you know he and Kirby Smart are close, but he really ended uh, the greatest threat to his run at Alabama in terms of. Dynastic uh, success. I think he had been thinking about it for a while, maybe even last year. But it was hard. It's hard to walk away when you have the type of talent that he has. And but I think having to deal with players and, and the portal eventually drove him out. And what I mean by that is, you just—I don't think any of us realize. I, I, I get it anecdotally. But what you have to deal with as a head football coach when 25, 30 players come in with their handout saying, I'm going to Georgia, I'm going to LSU, I'm going to Florida State if I don't get this. And then and, and Saban has to say, well, give me a day. And then he has to go to boosters and say, I need 100,000, I need 200,000, I need a million, I need whatever it is. That, drives, that, that will drive anybody crazy, especially somebody as successful as Nick Saban.
5: Yeah, no doubt. And you know, Saban was hired when I was seven years old, so he's really the only coach that uh, I've ever got the root for. I was just wondering when when DeBoer does what I think he'll do, and we beat Georgia and make the playoff. Do you think this show will survive?
1: <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> we don't. Uh, so we'll we we, we uh, unlike time. unlike Coach Saban, we're, we are not interested in ending this run here. Yeah. There you go,
5: man. Hey, roll top all yeah. have a
1: good one. Yeah, I know everybody, people ask you that all the time, but uh, I, uh, I feel like there's a lot of uh, dirt we need to uh, plow through uh, before we go that way. Hey, thank you very much for the call. Billy is in Philly. You're on the air. Hello, Billy. Hi, thank you, Paul. A friend of mine asked me to ask you this question. It's about
6: reasons why Saban may have uh, stepped down. He, he suggests to me that the Brandon Miller affair, where he's really got a, a free pass, discouraged him. And it was something that maybe in the back, I don't think it determined what he made his final decision, but it helped help him feel that things weren't quite the way they used to be. Is that? Do you think that had any role at all in his thinking?
1: I mean, I think we do. Making a safe guess here would accurately predict that Nick Saban didn't like the way that went down. Uh, Correct. It really made the university look pretty shaky. And yeah. everybody was all in on it, and I mean, I'm glad Brandon Miller got out of there. He's having a big career with the worst team in basketball, or the second worst team, but he uh, he was able to disengage. And uh, I don't I don't know if there was enough evidence to really make a case, anyway. But I, I think it's an I think it's an accumulation of a lot of things. I was most uh, concerned about his future when he bought that house, Billy. Uh, okay. He, uh, you know, he's got his house how, in Tuscaloosa. He's got his it? lake house. He has another house on the, on the, uh, Gulf in Mexico, uh, on the Florida side. And then you go and spend eighteen and a half million a dollars and buy a house in Jupiter. To me, that tells me you're starting to plan your future. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think that's true too. Well, I don't
6: know if this thing has anything to do with it or not. And I, I kind of feel if it, if it did, it was kind
1: of in the back. Well, I, I think it's, I think it's part of the much. puzzle, but when you when you watch that happen, uh, I, I know for a fact, a couple of years ago there was a player that that had his hand out to the tune of many millions that, that Sabin needed badly and probably would have won the national championship last year, but he passed because he couldn't deal with that and And then it's every day. I mean I, I, and people are asking like, why is Nick Saban still there? Nick Saban's work is not done. Uh, I mean, he he dealt with a lot of players who are, are who Alabama is trying to retain right now, and I think they probably need Nick Saban to talk to these players as uh, versus a guy they've never never heard of before until the other night. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense, and I hope it works. I'm, I'm rooting for
6: this new guy, and I think that um, um, you know the program is going to. They probably won't win a national championship right away, but I think the, the program is in good shape, and I think DeBoer is a
1: good choice. How's uh, how's Philadelphia today in the aftermath of the Eagles' loss?
6: <laughs> well, we have our first snow. We've been told for about 21 times we're going to have a big snowstorm. So we finally have our big news, so we have three and a half inches of snow, and they had no school. Wow. Um, the Eagles is just it's just, I mean, it's morning. It's, it's, it is it's just so yeah, I mean, a, lot,
1: a lot of people don't realize the connection to the Eagles in that community. I mean, it's a big deal. It's not just uh, another NFL franchise. Billy, thank you very much. Yeah, it snowed everywhere uh, from Alabama to Mississippi. A friend of mine in Knoxville told me earlier they had eight or nine or ten inches of snow. They had to move the basketball game up. Uh, it uh, it has been a mess out there. Uh, and I, I know a lot of you are home today as opposed to. Uh, being uh, wherever you normally are we appreciate you uh, being a part of the program david is up next Uh, hello david
5: hey mr feinbaum i I appreciate you taking my call i'm a long time listener man i'm a huge fan uh but first of all i've got to thank you for the time you spent with my my daughter down in alabama one one friday afternoon she was at your show and she was so impressed with how how, how much time you spent with the fans and engaging the fans? Uh, I used to be your number one fan. Now she is. Uh, <laughs> so thank you well, for thank that. You. Thank her. Oh well, she she's an awesome girl. Second of all, uh, you're a genius. I don't have to tell you tell you that. If you know that. Uh, you know that most of the South and and the, and the United States is snowed in, iced in, frozen in. And, and your first two guests uh, must see TV and must listen to radio. Uh, but but I got to kind of take uh, homage with you on on the reason. you say you had Mike Griffith on was to discuss T Rob and the situation between Alabama and Georgia T Rob. And I don't think Mr. Griffith even talked about it.
1: I think you're right, uh, David. That was the reason we had him on, and uh, he somewhat ha- hijacked the segment.
5: <laughs> well, I, I I know he's he's. Uh, very smart and and very wise. I'm not going to go quite scorched earth like Jim did, but, you know, why do you think he wanted Dabo?
1: Yeah, I mean, mean, first of all, I don't know how anybody who understands anything about Alabama would have thought Dabo Sweeney should be hired. And uh, I respect Dabo Sweeney's success, but I've said it many, many times because I've been to Alabama many, many times. People in Alabama just don't like Dabo, uh, and I, I don't know what it is, uh, but he was never, ever going to get that job. And Mike Loxley is a, is a really great football coach, but he would he, he certainly wasn't in the top three or four. Uh, to insinuate that Lanning didn't want it, I don't know whether Dan Lanning wanted it or not. There was a $20 million buyout, and I, I also don't think it's very difficult to understand why Greg Byrne would have landed on on DeBoer with his credentials.
5: Well, you're right, and and my last thing, and I'll get off. And I know you got a long discussion. What if this would have all happened a year earlier? If if Coach would have Coach Saban would have retired, and DeBoer would have got the job a year earlier, and he would have had the exact same results as Coach Saban: the the loss to Texas, the struggle of South Florida, and then a losing the semifinals. How how would the fan base handle that? Uh,
1: yeah, I I don't think it really mattered when when uh, and thanks for the call when Coach Saban re- retired. I think the fans were always going to uh, react the same way in in, in a state of shock. I, I'm glad he 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 did it this way. Uh, I think this was an amazing season for Alabama. Uh, It's been said many, many times that this was probably Nick Saban's finest coaching effort. And and, and that's been said because there was so much uh, uncertainty at the beginning of the year. Uh, Not only did you have the Texas loss and and the debacle against, against South Florida, you had Lane Kiffin the next Monday tweeting that the defensive coordinator wasn't calling the plays. I mean, there was a lot being thrown into the pot and for, for, for Coach Saban to uh, to win that Ole Miss game. That was maybe the most uh, critical game of the year because Ole Miss, uh, to me, looked like the better team going into that game. And then the the battle against A&M, which was difficult, and Tennessee, and you know, the Alabama-Auburn game speaks for itself. And then to, and to knock Georgia off, something a lot of people just didn't think was possible considering uh, the Georgia run. Anyway, we're over uh, into into the next segment here. We better get out of here before we get uh, back to your calls. More guests to come. We'll be right back.
4: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8 s-a-v-e go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you again try jet's signature eight corner pizza and get five dollars off with code eight save that's the number eight s-a-v-e jet's pizza better because it has to be Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.
1: Come back. Let's uh, check in with Bucky, who is next before I tell you about LSU and Alabama Thursday night. Bucky, hey, you're, hey, Paul, on, you're on the air. Good afternoon. Hey, Paul. It's Bucky from Northport, Alabama. I want to talk to you about, um, you know, couple things. First off, it's, you know, the the transfer portal reopening for Alabama, but not for other teams, right? And then also, firstly, I wanted to talk to you about um, your emotional reaction, right, when Nick Saban retired.
5: Because
1: I can tell you, for me, what I did, I was at the gym trying to get my life together and whatnot. I saw the news and I cried at the gym, right? And then I, I did another set of bench press and then I cried again. And then I left. I bought myself an entire pack of cigarettes, smoked the whole thing. God, that was awful. I ain't never done that before. I mean, that felt horrible. You know, I don't remember much after that, if I'm being honest. But apparently, according to my phone, I listened to two hours and 34 minutes of Dixieland Delight and <laughs> Sweet Home, Alabama. So... Well, I think you did it better than I did. Uh, well, thank you, Bucky. Uh, listen, it happened while we were on the air, so uh, we, our, our biggest concern was just trying to process it and, 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 and get the story out in as many different uh, ways as possible. It, it really started to hit me maybe over the weekend uh, when the reality of the week was slowing down and uh, the fact that he wouldn't be there anymore that that was uh, a lot to, to to handle uh susie is in georgia you're on the air hello susie
7: hi paul thank hi you there. for taking my call again today I, one of the things i meant to mention to you yesterday is i loved mad dog last week on your show i'm a big fan of his he's amazing
3: um, you know
7: he is he is amazing and and uh i just wanted him to know he's got a lot of fans out there. But um, my other thing is, oh my God, I complimented Jim yesterday. Dear Jim. Um, and then today, and I certainly don't agree with, what was his name that you had on Pat? What was his name that,
1: that Jim was doing the tiring? on? Uh, Mike Griffith.
7: Oh, Mike Griffith. Thank you. Sorry about that. My 75-year-old brain. Um, but Jim... I I just have a quote for you, because I don't ever quote the Bible. Paul, I'm a Christian, but I don't ever do it, but Jim loves to quote the Bible. So Jim, please go read James 126. If anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. That's all I have to say, Paul, you have a great day.
1: Thank you. Vance is up next, so hello, Vance. Hey, Paul. Wow, um,
2: I, I wanted to say that the only thing that Mike Griffith said that really annoyed me, because he obviously is a, he is a presidential team player. He was not Tennessee. They didn't have a success. They've had a Georgia. But he, he's your advocate, but
8: you've got one. But to say that the ball in Michigan,
1: Vegas. Hey hey Vance for some Vegas. reason we are struggling to hear you. I don't know if you're in the basement uh, but uh Can you hear me now? Um Still struggling. Can't hear me now, can you? No.
2: The weather's bad. I apologize.
1: Okay. Well, maybe may, I tell you what, Vance. Maybe we can get you uh, back on a different line. Let me uh, let me uh, reboot this, and uh, we'll see if it can get any better. Because right, yeah, I, I realize there's there's snow and ice and freezing rain and all kinds of power outages. But uh, we well, every once in a while we, we have to deal we'll deal with an interview like that. Uh, I'd rather see if we can make that connection better uh, before we uh, try that again. Dale is up next. Hello, Dale.
8: Hey, Paul. I'm Olivia. I've watched the show for years, and uh, like like, said, it been years but buddy. But uh, I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and uh, my question is, I mean, the other guy that was on there earlier answered a lot of my questions, you know, with the new coach coming in Alabama and stuff, and, and the transfer portal, but uh, I was, uh, you think uh, with the NIL programs that Tennessee's going to be able to compete for the championship soon?
1: Uh, yes. I mean, I think Tennessee right now is uh, has really got it has its act together as well as anybody. So I don't have any doubt about that.
8: Okay. Well, well that's what I'm wondering because uh, we, we've been through a of turmoil. I'm from Chattanooga and uh, we ain't far from Knoxville. But, uh, and that being said, my, my blood bleeds orange, but uh, it's a sad day when you see Nick Sabu retire. And, uh, it, you know, that's hard to say for a Tennessee fan.
1: Well, I understand that, but I I think one thing about uh, Nick Saban, uh, and this would be for any great coach, uh, other fans respect that. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's always the petty uh, differences, but I remember when Spurrier retired, it was the same way and uh, so many other great coaches. But there's never been one quite like Saban in in many people's lifetime. I mean, I I refer to Bryant because uh, I've been around uh, at the beginning of his career or at the end of his career, but... uh, I mean, Nick Saban for almost 70, 80% of the audience has never dealt with any. Most of you have never dealt with anyone in, in his league. Quite frankly, nobody's ever dealt with anyone in his league. Sheila is up next uh, in Birmingham. Hello, Sheila. How's it going? Oh, my. Oh, look so who's fine, here.
9: I'm fine, bomb. Guess what? I'm believing in the SEC oh, podcast guy. He and I are on the same page when it comes to the freeze. Uh, it's freezing in Birmingham, by the way. I just yeah, wanted to let I you know that. we got ice and snow. <laughs> no. It's bad. It is so bad. But I don't know what's worse, Birmingham's freeze or Auburn's freeze. Uh,
1: yeah, I, uh, uh, and some somebody months. who has uh, wildly praised uh, Hugh Freeze since he got there, I, I don't know when I've been more uh, in a state of bewilderment about what is happening in that program.
9: It's a lot more dropping about the lack gotta lack in, uh, and Zach <laughs> sounds like a new, uh, rap song. However, there's a lot more coming and I'll let you know if I get through. Cause I already know what's about to happen. It's a lot of stuff behind those two. It's not what you think, but put your thinking cap on. I'll keep you posted. And the word on the street is that South Carolina. Might have a new quarterback that came from Auburn. You do the math.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I Paul. think that is uh, in the woods in the in the works right now. It may, it may even be official.
9: I would say that you're accurate as always, Paul. It's probably that I saw something posted just yeah, a moment yeah, ago. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. We're talking about Robbie Ashford.
9: Yeah. So, what do you think about that, Paul?
1: Well, I certainly don't blame him for leaving. Uh, uh, I think the way the end of the season was managed was abominable. We have a guest on in a few minutes who is going to try to get into some of the weeds about what Hugh Freeze has said and what has actually happened. And the two do not compute.
9: They don't compute, and I think I'll be listening to that. But I'm here to tell you there's more to come. There's a lot of... You know these coaches that go there and you know the planes real well it's like it's a different culture than alabama we know this but there is a culture it's like a secret thing on the planes it's just like you never know what's going to happen at the iron Bowl if you're playing on the planes it's the same thing and i think what happens when these kind of coaches come and uh first of all hugh Freeze You know, he's a dig-in kind of guy. You really can't tell him what to do with this program. I don't care who you are or what it costs him. I think he's just a dig-in kind of guy. But I have to agree with the SEC podcast all about Hugh Freeze. I mean, why? I mean, but I will say this because I'm an optimist at the end of the day. He's got, if he thinks he's got something to work with, he's going out to create the Hugh Freeze formula. Okay, I'll give him that. I'll be there to watch it all. Go down but it better be real and he better bring it because yeah, you no know, more she, well, the thing that, know. I, that
1: i i've learned and i've been around auburn a long time as you know because i've known you a long mm-hmm. time is right. that the people that uh, if, if you're the auburn coach you can, you, the Auburn people will, will cut you slack. This is not, you don't have to win the, right. you don't have to win the national championship. You can even lose a game, but you better compete and you better do everything. Right. And, and that's the thing that I'm concerned about at Auburn. They absolutely blew that game against New Mexico State and I remember talking to Freeze oh. the Friday before the Iron Bowl and uh, you know he said well we just couldn't get it together I mean hey that's your job man <laughs> to get it to, you're being paid eight million dollars a year and uh, you didn't have to take it you yeah. had a cush job up there in Lynchburg uh, playing yeah. nobody every week and, and racking up a 11-1 and record but uh, he took on the challenge because he's been desperate to get back in the SEC and now he's back in the SEC and it looks like he's a little bit overmatched
9: I think you're right, Paul. I think he is overmatching. And I think the one thing you said that about Auburn culture, and since that's the buzzword of the decade, the culture, um, I think one thing you did say, Auburn, unlike Alabama, with a new coach, still cut you some slack. The, the fans will be like, yeah, yeah, give him a chance. You know, he's new. He doesn't understand. Alabama's never going to cut you slack. No, no. You know, Kayla's got to bring it. You know, that's just the culture of these two schools in this state that, you know, all too well. But I think now I think you're right. I think the key word you said was, you know, Hugh Freeze, you're paid to compete regardless of who you like, who you don't like, who's in your ear, who's not in your ear. You are paid to compete. And unfortunately, I think he is not the competitor that Auburn needs or, or, or that that is good for Auburn, but I'm, 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 I'm one of those fans who's willing to give you a chance, so we'll wait to see what happens in the season. He better bring it. I'm telling you, if he doesn't bring it, Paul, if I get through, I'm going to be all over. No, hey, Sheila, be- you, you
1: are going to be in a boat with a lot of people. Hey, I love talking to you. We have to run because we went way over there, but we are back with much more.
0: You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast.
1: Welcome all of you back here. We'll uh, get into the Auburn situation in more detail in next hour. Let me uh, check in with David up next in Missouri. Uh, hello, David. Hey, Mr. Feinbaum. How's it going today? We are doing great. Thank you. Listen,
2: I wanted to share something with you. My my son and I, we're both big college football fans, Um We were both Texas and Alabama fans, and, uh, you know, we were looking so forward to the uh, New Year's Day games, hoping that our two teams would compete in the end. Well, on Christmas Day, he was home helping us around the farm, and uh, there was a tragic accident, and he was killed. Oh, my goodness. uh, But I just wanted to share that uh, all the little bitty things we keep hearing about you know, people's gripping and moaning. It's um, it's the love of the game and the love that we share for one another that that keeps this sport growing and improving. And I, I just would like people to remember that. David, uh, if 24. I could ask you
1: a question, uh, tell tell us uh, what your son's name was, how old he was, and, and tell us more about him. Um, okay. his, his name was Dallas Palmer, okay. and he was 24 years old. Oh, he man.
2: was just starting out in his... Own businesses. He had been to college. He was doing quite well. I'm disabled. And so he lived uh, in Springfield, Missouri, which was about 80 miles from us. Sure. And so he would come home on the weekends to right. help us with the farm. And uh, it was just a tragic accident involving the tractor and an auger. Mm. And uh, it, if I'd have been standing next to him, they tell me it wouldn't have mattered. I wouldn't have been able to do anything. But the main thing is he truly loved watching me. watch your show? Because he just got so tickled at the callers and how I enjoyed you and your show and I just, it's been on my heart for several weeks now that I wanted to share this story with you. He he was a great young man and. His mom and I, right now, are both in tears. But I, my, my wife, she gives me the biggest hard time about she can't get your uh, jingle out of her head. When she's at work <laughs> at the local hospital. Wow. She called me one day at the hospital and she said, I cannot get the Paul Feinbaum show out of my head. <laughs>
1: well, David, uh, but I just wanted. To- we're about to end Go the ahead. hour, but I want to thank you for, for sharing that. And, and I'm so sorry to hear about Dallas. And uh, I just. Uh, my, my heart uh, goes out to you and all, I know everyone's prayers are with you and your family and uh, we hope, we hope good t- better I times sure in the new year thank you so very much
0: thank you for listening to the best of the Paul Feinbaum show podcast watch the Paul Feinbaum show weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on the NCC Network Plus, you can listen and watch on the ESPN app.